0: Thank you for choosing our podcast. This is truly an exciting time for City Lights Church, and we are seeing God move in extraordinary ways. For more information on how you can get plugged into what God is doing at City Lights or to financially partner with us, just visit us on the web at citylightsac.org. Stay connected with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us by searching at City Lights AC. Tune in every Sunday as we stream live through Facebook live stream. Morning, city lights. Hey, what's happening? Hey, listen. Peyton's out of town. He called me. Mo- he called me Monday and goes, "Hey, I kind of forgot I was leaving out Saturday night. Can you preach Sunday?" And I said, "Well, if I have to." No, I listen. I'm so excited. Like, I'm 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 gonna take every opportunity I have for the next little bit to uh, somebody drop something back there. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, we're so um, like, cause I don't know how many more chances I'm gonna have or opportunities I'm gonna have to stand before city lights and be able to talk because. Some exciting stuff's happening with Shift Church, the church you guys are helping me plant. I kind of wanted to start off with this. Um, you know, Good Friday, we uh, did our first ever preview service at Shift Church. It was awesome. <laughs> Got a picture of it right here. Hey, listen, um, you know, as, I was, as we were gearing up to this in my mind, I was thinking, man, it would be awesome if we know it. Like if 30 people showed up, that would be, be cool. Well, we ended up having well over 60 people show up to our first ever preview service and so that was exciting um, and toward the end of my message, and now you can go on to the uh, to the back to the other thing. Um, back toward the end of the night, I kind of at the end of my message, I kind of asked you know a couple of questions to them. You know, I did, uh, you know they were all you know, were in this stage of you know their heads were bowed. And I you know I asked the question of, Maybe you're in here and you've been a follower of Christ and needing to maybe just let go of some stuff. You know, the cross allows us to let go of some stuff. And um, you know, had some people raise their hand. But the really cool story is that the second question I asked, or maybe you're, I said, maybe you're here tonight and you you really just need to receive hope for the first time. You know, maybe you just need to accept, you know, Jesus for the first time and follow him. And we had somebody raise their hand. I said, no matter whatever else happened that night, that was, that was totally worth us, setting up everything. It was, it was truly, truly amazing. And so just for all you guys have done for us, um, well, for me and my wife, you know, we've been here for almost 17 months now. And uh, it's been like, hey, listen, you guys have become family to us. Um, we're kind of, we're kind of, you know, it's that bittersweet kind of feeling when you know, you know, come September, you know, we won't be here every week, you know. And so it's just kind of that, you know, we're excited about what God's doing to us, but we're gonna miss you guys. We'll be back to visit, we promise. And um, but, anyways, to get past all that before I start tearing up and it becomes a big Kleenex fest in here. Um, Last week, we started the series that we have called Cow Tipping. And let me just say this. If anybody could really do this for me and give me the opportunity to actually do this, hook a brother up because I just want to do it. (laughs) All right? But we started this cow tipping series last week, and it's kind of this idea that we're going to tip over some cows or the sacred traditions that the church has been holding that has no part in God's kingdom. And last week, um, the title of the message was F-bombs and bikinis, if you can get into that, you know. And, and, but if you haven't if you had a chance to go back and listen to it, I say, hey, go back and listen to it, because it was powerful and it was awesome. And so um, I want to start today's, today's um, sermon by telling you a story and it's a story of, of the story of my childhood, the McCarter household. Uh, there's a couple things that McCarters love. And like if you try to take the, this away from McCarter's, you'll get punched in your beautiful throat. Uh, the number one thing is they love is they love their food. Hallelujah. Uh, if it has to do with food, we are in. Uh, number two is we love TV shows, especially ones about Food. Food. Uh, and so, listen, if you take those two things away from us, the Carter household would fall apart. Uh, but growing up, there was this TV show that ran from about February 1989 um, to May of 1997. And it was this show called Coach. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, there's a show called Coach. And me and my dad, we would watch this like religiously. Like it was our like Monday night church uh, and in, this, in, in the show Coach, there Jerry Van Dyke played this assistant, co- this, the assistant coach Luther Van Dam, and he was like a guy like he wasn't all there, you know what I'm saying? Like he was like he was goofy and he wasn't very smart. And there's this one episode that me we it was like an inside joke for us because we loved food. Um, it, for me, my dad it was like you know they, he went to this this all you can eat pancake house b- buffet. Well, he, he came into the coach's office so mad one morning because they stopped him at his 12th plate. And I was like, man, I feel you, brother. All right? like if, if they stopped me at my 12th plate, they might save my life. But um, he was so mad. He's like, man, we gotta, we got to put a stop to this. All right? But, and he was so mad. And, and like, like Luther Van, Van Dam, I really enjoy buffets like the mac and cheese that's mixed with the mashed potatoes to make it a little bit thicker, you know, all the, the green beans, the, especially when they have like the steak that you can go and say, I want it medium rare, and they just plop it on your plate. I mean, that's, hey, listen, hook me up, somebody, all right? But there's one thing on, that buffet, on a buffet line that I will never touch because it just grosses me out, and that's the fish, all right? And I'm not talking about like you know they have some fried catfish I'll eat that but I'm talking about you know they always like every buffet you go to they have like this this one container that has like this broiled salmon and it just looks gross like it makes me want to upchuck just thinking about it and there's one thing I never will touch and but it got me thinking as I was preparing this and the, the today's title of today's sermon is called buffet Christianity huh? And if, you, and if you know anything about buffets, which I'm sure we, everybody in here does, you know, you go in there and you pick out what you want. Like you put this on your plate, you go down to the mashed, mashed potatoes, pop those on your plate. You know, you just go and pick these things. And it made me think about our Christianity, really, of how, like, sometimes we pick and choose what sins are okay and what sins are not. You know, like I can have a little bit of this, this and this and I'm still all right, but I'm not crossing this line. I ain't eating that dang broiled fish. <laughs> all right? Like we we do that, right? Like, okay, well, I can live with my boyfriend and it'll be all right. Oh, I can I can I can do the, I can do this with her. It's all right. And then and here's a big one that the church makes a big deal, but I ain't crossing the homosexual line. That's just that's way too far. Like, I'm okay over here living in, living in this sin, but we can't do that. And what the church culture has done is we made, and just using that as an example, we've, we, we've we made one sin less of a problem than the other one, but when, when in reality, they're all wrong. They're all equally wrong. And in our church culture, what has happened is we've, we've formed a culture that as long as you're not doing this sin here or that sin there, then you are good. And so there's two lies or two big fat cows that we want to push over this morning. And then one truth that can set some of us free, Why, rather it be we're, we're in need of Jesus for the first time, or maybe we just need to let go of some, ju- of some ju- judgment that we have toward people. Right? And here's the first lie. The first fat cow is this, that you are intrinsically good. And here's what society teaches us, right? That you are varsity. Like you are number one, and if anybody tells you that you're junior varsity or that you or that or that you that you're number two or you're the first loser, all right, uh, then, then they need to be punched. But in reality, we—it's not true at all, is it? it was what the Bible said? Was what the Bible says? There's just there's this young ruler guy. Um, one and and Luke asked Jesus a question, and this question. It's a really, really good question. Like, it's a question that needs to be answered. And it's this question right here. It says this. In, in, in Luke 18, 18 and 19, it says this. And a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to in, inherit eternal life? And that's a great question right there, right? Like, that's a question that needs to be addressed. Like, someone's eternity right here is at, at, at stake. Like, that's a great question. But it's kind of like Jesus ignores that for a minute. Right? He ignores that and this is this is his answer. In verse nineteen it says, And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. Now Derek, listen, I'm a good person. I only cuss people out at red lights and I mean but I'm a good person. And my question is you're a good person compared to what? Compared to your neighbor? Or compared to your co worker? What are you comparing yourself to? Because if if we, and by the way, if you're not a believer in here and you're like, man, I don't like church, today's for you because I'm going to be harping on some Christians in here, okay? Listen, if the word Christian means to be Christ-like, what is the standard? Christ is the standard that we are to meet. So my question is, you say you're good, and there's only one person that's good, and that is God, and Jesus being God, how do you match up? Let me give you this example. It'd be like like this. I have a son, his name's Zane, he's nine years old. He's, I mean he's a thick boy. He's a strong boy. He's strong. Like sometimes he punches me and I get bruises. Uh, he wrestles me and about breaks my ribs. Like a couple months ago, I broke my ribs at school. That's a whole other story. Okay. And like I'm laying there on the couch and I'm half asleep and he's trying to get my attention. He's doing that whole dad, Dad, Dad. And I'm just kind of zoned out. Well, he jumps and lands on me with broken ribs. It was the worst night ever for him. Um, So, um, But but he's a strong kid. And so let's say we were to build an octagon in here. You know, some MMA, some, let's, let's, let's we're going to have some kid fights in here. We can make some money. All right? So Zane gets in, Zane gets in the ring with a kid his age. Listen, they, Zane has a pretty good chance of winning because he's on equal, equal standing with a kid his age. But as soon as I walk in the ring, as I walk in the octagon, the standard is raised. And finally, there's someone faster, stronger. And 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 thinks, thinks better than he does. When I step into the octagon, now he would say, "Well, Daddy, I am faster than you," which is true, but the like he has no chance. And so, if we were to step into the ring with with Jesus, like we we would be sitting here going, "Man, like I have no chance." But the good news is is that he did. Make a way, and that the standard that we are to meet, the standard that we are to meet was met in Christ. See the law. Hebrews says the law was given to show us that we had no chance. Like even them, even them obeying laws, doing the sacrificial system, it was to show them that you can't. That's why you had to keep returning. But the cross gives us a way out for eternity, and that's because the standard has already been met. But something happens, though is that sometimes it's hard not to compare ourselves, right? And a lot of times we compare ourselves with the wrong thing. We start comparing ourselves with Johnny over here. And a lot of times we know to try to make ourselves look like a hero, what we'll do is, is we'll, we'll, do, we'll, we'll talk about it in a prayer request way, right? Well, I told you, we just need to pray for Johnny. I told him he didn't need to go out with that girl, and now there's this going on. We just, we just need to pray for his heart, And what we're really doing is trying to make ourselves look better, like make ourselves look like the hero, right? Even if it's in our own heads. And what we begin to do is follow the second big fat cow, and it's this, is we begin to rank sin is we begin to say, okay, this sin is like a level one, this one's level two, level three, and Johnny's a level four, and I'm maybe a level three sin, but he's way up there in the sin category, and so I'm good, and we start to rank sin, and there's a, there's a story in the Bible that kind of gives us a picture of this, okay? And it's, and it's found in John, but there's just, this there's just, there's just lady who some high priests catch in the act of prostitution and they bring her before Jesus to try to trick Jesus because the, the, the law of Moses said that this woman should be stoned where's the guy at because he was a part of it too right? But this lady was supposed to be stoned according to the law of Moses. So here they are. They're drilling him. They're drilling him with questions like, the law of Moses says this. And if you're a true, if you're a true follower, then if you're, if you're really of God, then you would obey the law of Moses. You know, blah, blah, blah. And so here's Jesus drawing in the sand. I can just imagine it being like Lyric who's sitting there going, Daddy, come on, Daddy, come on. Just like this, like, like this, all this kind of commotion going on. Like, will you just answer, miss? And he stands up. And he, this is what he says in John 8, 7. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And what they began to realize, what they began to see, is that they were on equal footing with this woman. That they were ranking her sin above theirs. And see, here's a problem that the church has had is that for, for for a long time for about the last 200 years we have gotten in a cycle to where we are we are expecting people who are non-believers to act like believers instead of being who they are and we reaching them where they are like how can we expect, how can i expect zane who's 9 years old who i would love to act like an adult to act like an adult can we stop putting boundaries on people for a while, and just, and just love, love on them for a little, just, just quit judging them as if they were Christians? That's ridiculous. We are, we are doing exactly what these high priests were doing to this woman, when we, when we look at people and we judge them, and we start ranking our sin compared to them. These, like these guys, when they begin to drop their stones, they realize what Romans 8.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short, of the glory of God. And like sometimes like we like if you've been around church for any length of time, you've heard that. Like you're like, yeah, Derek, well, I know we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But we don't really realize like the Greek impact of this. Like if you were to read this in the Greek, what it would what it would lean toward, what it would what it would what it would say was that we all openly choose rebellion against God. You're not good, no one is, and we openly choose rebellion against God. That's what what we need to realize. is That even like yesterday, I openly chose rebellion against God. But thankfully, there's a comma right there. Because if you're an ELA teacher, an English teacher, you like commas sometimes. Because that means the sentence goes on. It doesn't end there. The thought moves on. Which means it's not over with yet. Like It's not ending there. Because if it ended there, we would be hopeless right there. But there's a comma there. So what it means is it goes on. So this is what verse 24 says. It says, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So here we are, we're all on equal planes, all right? And what this verse is telling us is is this, is that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Like no matter how you walked in here this morning, no matter how, what you think your life is like, the ground is level. That means you can walk right up to the cross right now. That means that there's nothing that can hold you back. That means you can approach God with confidence knowing that what you have done is no, not any bigger than what, what they have done. And you have nothing to be ashamed of because Jesus is standing here going, my arms are open wide for you. I've made a way for you. And that is the cross. No, no matter how we came in here, how far away we think we are, Christ is here saying it is all level ground. That's why we can sing songs like great are you lord and that's why we can sing songs like you are able and why we really believe that he has made a way so you see Jesus turned an old dirty cross into a divine symbol of love and mercy and for too long the church in their judgmental stance on stuff have made it, have made it a, a, a symbol a symbol of uh, of judgment But it wasn't. It was a symbol of freedom. Like He gave his life as a beacon of hope so that you can be changed. So if he can take an instrument of torture, a symbol of torture, and change it to a a picture of love and mercy, how much more can he change you? Rather that be you needing Jesus for the first time, or rather you're just one of those judgmental Christians that we're talking about. We don't have to stay stuck at the buffet line anymore, saying it's okay, this is okay, a little bit of this is okay. No, I'm, 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 I'm not. And to get to the one thing: I'm not touching that. Like we don't have to worry about that anymore. No, we can walk right up to the cross and let it cleanse us and mold us. The standard laid before us has already been met in Christ. Going back to last week when he had, when Peyton had that ladder sitting here. Like when we, when we let go of some of that judgmental hypocrisy. And that really goes for both sides, really. But, and we can begin to climb and get our heads up in the clouds. We don't have to worry about what anybody else is saying. We don't have to worry about what, what so-and-so is doing, how, how Betty has messed up her haircut, and how you know, the carpet should be red. You know, all this ridiculousness. And we can have our heads in the cloud and get our heads out of the buffet line. We can keep climbing that ladder, and getting our heads higher and higher, because we don't fear what anyone has to say about us. All I know is that Jesus made a way. I was blind, and now I see. Oh, you see, I need to clean myself up? You're probably right. Now that's coming off a little judgmental. You need to clean yourself up, and I understand and you're probably right. But all I know is that you can keep judging me down there at the buffet line. I'm eating the steak dinner up here with Jesus, and that's all that matters. Because one day I'm going to go home when my day comes, and it's my day to stand before Jesus. All I'm worried about is Him saying, "Welcome home, my good and faithful servant. Come on in," because that's all I care about. Now you keep eating off that buffet line. Don't make sure you don't eat that fish over here because you said you're not going to cross that line. But all this other stuff is okay. You keep eating that, but I'm going to go over here and eat my steak dinner. You can keep eating around that buffet, thinking you're all right. You keep doing that, you're trying to make yourself look all right. But my fat self is running to the cross. Anybody with me? Right now, in Christ, you are completely forgiven, unconditionally loved, and fully accepted no matter how you walked in here. See, the cross shows us, since it's outside of time, meaning it's like the cross is central to all that we do, all that we are as Christians. It's central. That means it's like, like you know, not only was it in the past, but it's in the present. And, you know, here's the crazy thing. How many of your sins or future sins when Christ went to the cross? All of them. Which means it doesn't matter how you walked in here this morning. He knew how screwed up you would be. He knew what I would do yesterday and need repentance for. He knew what you would, are going to do tomorrow. And all of this is future sins. which means he knew how screwed up we would be. And he still made a way. Like that, that's something I could talk about all the time, which I do. Because it's, it's amazing to me that he knew how screwed up Derek McCarter was going to be. And he still wrenched his hand down to us, down to me. He knew how messed up I would be. What a great God we serve, that, that He has made a way for us, and that the ground is level at the cross. And I don't know how you came in here this morning, but God is not a, a Zeus-like character up there waiting with a lightning bolt for you to screw up. He's not waiting for you to screw up. He's not going to zap you if you make a mistake. What he's gonna do is he's like, I can just picture God like, cause I, like, I, like I like the picture of dads like the like father. I can just picture like this this father guy sitting like on the edge of heaven, just waiting. Just like, hey, listen, I know I know you're like I know you screwed up right there, and like you like you really deserve punishment. But listen, that punishment has already been get, taken, you know, two thousand plus years ago with Jesus. So you don't have to worry about that. All you have to do is worry about reaching up to me. Like I can I remember the picture of like of, like lyric. Laying in her crib and waking up from a nap, and she's there squalling, you know, and her her seeing me walk up to walk up to her and her just reaching her arms up at me, and like, how can you resist? Like picking up picking up your child, and then here's Jesus, here's God going, hey, listen, just reach for me. I don't care what Betty's saying about you. I'll take care of that later. I'll zap her later. <laughs> All he's saying is, just reach for me. We serve a God who. Maybe, some of you guys sitting are here going, man, Derek, I, I just think I need to accept this. Like, I've been listening to what people say about me way too long. And I need to start listening to what God says about me. And I know that he loves me. I know that he is for me. And I know that he is able. The cross shows me that he is able. And I want to accept that, accept that this morning. Hey, listen, on your, there's a connection card. I, we want you to fill that out. Put your name in there because we want to celebrate that with you. But you see, I used to be one of those people. And to extent, I think all of us still are, but one of those people that tried to compare ourselves with a, like I was living a life not worthy of the gospel, and but I would make sure I was at church every week. That God put a little check mark there. I'm good. I, I showed up this morning. I'm good, and I would go live the rest of my life like none of this really mattered, you know. And, but I would catch myself going. Now listen. Seeing Glenn over there, compared to him, I'm good. Jesus, she should love me because of who Glenn is. I'm good. But then I got caught one time, big time, in real life and in my spiritual life. I'm going, man, I screwed up. And sometimes in those moments, that God is saying, I'm still. Here. For some of you here, maybe you're on your last straw, and like me, you just need a hand to reach out to. And so here's this guy with a beard, tattoos, and holes in his ears, saying Jesus's hand is reaching out to you right now. So as they as they go on to sing this next song, um, and as I pray. If if you're feeling that way, make sure you write on the connection card. But don't leave here without telling somebody that you're letting these chains go in your life, letting judgment go, or maybe just letting your life go to God. We want to celebrate that with you. All right, but God, we want to thank you so much for giving us an opportunity to be here and to worship you. And God, us pray that as as we go on in life, as we go on in, in this with this service, God, that you just you loosen the chains of judgment. Maybe some of us have maybe you loosen the, loosen the chains of um, just what life has thrown at us. Maybe we keep our eyes focused on you because who cares what everybody else has to say. I'm eating a steak dinner with you. I'm going to eat that steak with you, and they can just keep eating off the buffet line all they want to because I got you, and that's all that matters. God, thank you so much for this. And for all this in your name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. We'd love to stay connected with you for the week. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at City Lights AC. Thanks again, and join us soon.